Another common question is if a woman is not having sex with men but is having sex with women, is it important to have cervical screening tests? And the answer is yes, because you can still get HPV through female to female sex. And so it is a really important regular test. Welcome to Full Circle Women's Health Podcast, a podcast aimed at empowering women to better understand and manage their health. I'm Dominique Baum, a women's health GP. And I'm joined by my co-host, Dr. Freetam Ganu, gynecologist at Full Circle Obstetrics and Gynecology. Welcome to Full Circle family. Full Circle Obstetrics and Gynecology is specialized women's health practice in South Australia, providing holistic care to women and girls of all ages and backgrounds in all seasons of life. And thank you very much for listening to our previous episodes. And if you haven't listened to, go back and listen to them so we can start the conversation about women's health. So free time today, we're going to be talking about a big topic, which is cervical screening tests, or otherwise known as pap smears and colposcopies. So uh, the cervical screening test replaced pap smears around December 2017. Yeah. Unfortunately for women, it's still the same procedure to have it collected, mm-hmm. but it's a very simple procedure. It's a little speculum vaginal exam uh, where a small swab or brush is used to collect some cells off the cervix. And it's screening for the human papilloma virus or HPV. And we're going to talk a bit about what HPV is. And one of the great things about the changes to this test is instead of it being every two years, as the pap smear test was, it's now every five years. So less effort and fuss for most women. Yeah, absolutely. I just want to highlight here that important thing is the pap smear, what we used to know before or current the cervical screening test, it is basically a screening test. So this is done for those who are completely normal. They don't have any symptoms, uh, any problems. We screen them to prevent any abnormal changes on their cervix or prevent cervical cancer in large. Quite often I tell to my patients as well the importance of the screening test that uh, when I came from India about 16, 17 years ago, in India, they don't have this public health screening program. And I used to see a lot of women with cervical cancer mm-hmm. or the big hospital where I worked. I used to see almost a ward full of patients with the cervical cancer. And since I have come to Australia in last 16 years, I have seen only one patient with cervical cancer. And that's because of the cervical screening test. So it is really, really important to go for a cervical screening test, even if it feels a little bit awkward or sometimes a bit mm-hmm. uncomfortable. But screening will help to diagnose things very early and treat them early so we can prevent the cervical cancer. And as you said, pre- compared to previously, previously it was from age of 18. Now it has changed to age of 25. And if it is negative, it is every five years. Mm-hmm. So it is, I would say, less frequent, but more accurate test. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's right. So as you've said, it is a really important public health measure for women or for anyone with a cervix, we should say. And starting from age 25 until age 74 or between 70 and 74 for your exit cervical screening test, that is unless you have symptoms. So if a woman does have symptoms that we want to investigate, that might mean she needs an earlier cervical screening test and further investigations to look into that. An example of that might be 
bleeding after sex or bleeding in between periods. Absolutely. Yeah. So that that is really important that yes, we do screening test when you have no symptoms, but if you have any symptoms like irregular bleeding or bleeding in between periods, bleeding after sexual intercourse or in some patients like a lot of smelly discharge or mm. pain during sexual intercourse, that needs to be investigated. There can be many different causes. but sometimes there can be some red flags for cervical cancer as well mm. so it is really important to investigate so at the end of 2017 pretemp the smear testing routine changed a little bit and that changed from every 2 years as a pap smear test to now every 5 years as this cervical screening test and the reason that's changed is because the type of testing that is done in the lab is a little bit different so previously when we would collect a pap smear we'd do that swab or collection of cells from the cervix the scientists in the lab would look at the cells under a microscope and tell us whether they were completely normal or whether they looked inflamed or abnormal or precancerous or cancerous and now we look for or the scientists look at if there's any evidence of dna of the human papilloma virus and if that's not present then we can safely wait longer before doing another test, cervical screening test, because we know even though that's a very common virus, if a woman was to pick it up in that time, it takes a long time for those cells to change, and so we can safely wait that 5-year interval. If the virus DNA is detected, the lab will then tell us if it's a high-risk strain, which might be more likely to be associated with cell changes that could lead to a cervical cancer developing and and that's typically the HPV 16 and 18 subtypes mm. which causes about 70% of cases of cervical cancer or if it's a lower risk type and that's something that we can just watch and wait and maybe repeat in a year and we will talk in more detail breaking that down the different types of result a woman might expect But pretend did you want to talk a little bit more about what HPV is? Yeah, absolutely. So HPV or in long form we call it as a human papilloma virus. This virus has been seen very commonly in all different forms on in all different types like on skin or on the vagina on the cervix. In general we say that human papilloma virus or HPV has got almost 100 different types. Mm. So some people call it as a wart virus as well because sometimes some types of hpv virus can cause warts as well now when we are looking at the cervical screening test we are looking at the hpv viruses which has got what we call as a oncogenic potential mm. what it means is if they stayed for long time they can cause some changes in the cervix which if we don't treat in time in future can change into cervical cancer so quite often when patient comes with abnormal cervical screening test result i just want to highlight that that is just showing that there is hpv virus present or in some patient possibility of abnormal cells it does not directly mean having cancer or anything the life cycle of development of cervical cancer is quite long so previously when we used to do pap smears and used to look at what we call as a low grade abnormality or high grade abnormality even with the patients with a high grade abnormality we used to say that out of 100 10 to 15% patients will develop cervical cancer in 10 to 15 years mm-hmm. so it is quite long cycle and now we are one step before that because we are checking hpv virus we are not even waiting till there are abnormal cells we are checking before that and reason for that is when we did more and more research we realized that almost 99% changes on cervical cells are caused by this hpv virus 
And if when we studied a bit more in detail, we found that there are some high risk type of viruses, which we call as a HPV 16 and 18, which cause almost 70% abnormalities. And so first step, what we did was to develop cervical cancer vaccine. Mm. So initially it was like what we call as a tetravalent vaccine against four different types of virus. Now it is nanovalent vaccine and it is given to all the women and even put to the boys before start of the sexual activity. And we are hoping in the next few years we can eradicate cervical cancer completely because of this. Again, another important thing I would like to highlight that like cancer or CA um, word is quite often very scary for most of us. And there are research going on a lot of different types of cancer. But cervical cancer is one of the only few cancers we know clearly is caused by certain types of viruses. Mm. And we can catch that early on and prevent it. So that's another big advantage. But having said that, since 2017, when we started testing it, suddenly we realized that it is very common. Mm. So the current studies suggest that almost 80% of the women who have been sexually active any time in their life can have HPV virus. So you may see a patient who is in their 60s and had absolutely normal pap smears all their life are now suddenly having HPV virus. And they said, oh, we didn't do anything. And how come we got the HPV virus? And we quite often say that they may have had the HPV virus long time back and it was just sitting dormant there. Mm. But once their immunity or their body's fighting power is a bit less, it is showing up a bit more on the surface. So that's another important thing. Quite often patients ask me that, how do you get HPV? So human papillomavirus, yes, it is more commonly transmitted by sexual contact, but it can be transmitted by some non-sexual contact as well. As such, if you got HPV, we don't need to treat, check your partner or treat your partner because we think it is very common in general population. Also, because it is a virus, it sort of makes some changes in your cells and it can stay dormant, so without showing up. And then your body will clear up, but it can come back again. Mm. Yeah, so. I think that's a really good point. So HPV is so common. There's so many hundred, or there's almost a hundred times. Mm. And as you said, eighty to ninety percent of us will have HPV at some time in our life, and the majority of the time we'll clear it by ourselves. And so women often are quite panicked when we say your result has come back with HPV present. And um, but I sometimes describe it unless it's one of those high risk types like 16 or 18 I sometimes describe it like the common cold of the vagina <laughs> yeah that's so yeah. it just takes a little bit of time to clear it and mm. um, it won't cause any problems for the majority of women or yeah. um, men as well and um, but it is important that we follow it up to make sure that your body is eventually clearing it so if a woman gets a cervical screening test result which is HPV other so not one of those high risk strains we would generally just repeat that cervical screening test or pap smear in another year just to give her that time for her body to clear it. And a lot of women will clear it in that time and some women won't. And that's not necessarily a bad thing, but it needs a little bit of extra monitoring. Yeah. So that's right. So with the current cervical cancer, cervical screening program, if you have no HPV at all, we screen you every five years unless you have any symptoms. But if you have what we call as a low risk result, uh, sorry, intermediate risk, risk result, what it means is you have HPV other than 16 and 18 detected or sometimes low grade abnormality, then or if you have any symptoms or something, then we need to follow that up. And quite often we just need to repeat it again after one year mm -hmm. and our body clears during that time. So quite often if we get the HPV other than 16 or 18, 
women ask me that how can we treat it? Can we have any medicine to clear it? Or should we stop having sexual intercourse? Or what should we do? Uh, unfortunately, at the moment in Australia, we don't have any medicine to treat HPV virus. I specifically say Australia because some patients come from different countries and say they say that they have used something in the vagina or they have mm. taken some tablets. And I haven't come across any research about, about this, so I can't recommend anything. At the moment, I usually suggest that your own immunity will clear it. And in majority of women, it clears in one year. In some patients, it may take about two years. And that's absolutely normal. So which means like just building on your healthy lifestyle, stop smoking and regular exercise, healthy diet, all that can help with the clearing mm. of HPV virus. And another really common question about HPV is, is this a sexually transmitted infection? Do I need to be warning future partners that I have HPV? So whilst HPV can be transmitted through sexual contact, um, we don't think of it in the same way as we do something like chlamydia or gonorrhea yep. or HIV or syphilis. So it's not something which we would routinely ask women to discuss with their partners. And that's partly because it is just so common. 90% of us will be exposed at some stage. And the majority of the time, you don't know that you're carrying HPV. It's just if you happen to have a cervical screening test at that time that it might show up. It is getting much less common over time. And that is partly because of the Gardasil vaccine or the HPV yeah. vaccine that you mentioned. Um, and so certain other strains that can cause, for example, genital warts, are much more rarely seen now. Yeah. And so that's been a really wonderful vaccine that was introduced and invented in Australia. So we can be really proud of that. Yeah, definitely. It's a really good invention. And I think we are really hoping that we'll, we are able to sort of uh, uh, eradicate cervical cancer in future because mm. of the vaccine and regular screening. But yeah, regular screening is a big part of that as well. So one of the results that might come back is HPV 16 or 18 has been detected. And so that's something we'd call a higher risk result and would automatically trigger a referral for something called colposcopy, which is done with a gynecologist. Another thing that might automatically trigger a referral for colposcopy is if a woman has symptoms that are concerning. So if a woman's describing uh, bleeding with sex, then even if the pap smear result is normal, she should still have a colposcopy to have a closer look at the cervix. So preterm, that's something you do a lot in your clinical yes. practice. Yeah. Um, what is a colposcopy? So thank you, uh, Dominic. Yes, absolutely. It's very common in gynecology practice. So colposcopy in simple words means having close look at your cervix. So in our clinic, what we do is we have got a special colposcope, which is like kind of like a microscope on the stand. Or nowadays we have a digital colposcope, which is like a digital camera, which will give us like almost 10 times bigger image of cervix. And uh, um, usually it is in, done in a lithotomy position. So like legs are part and you, have, you are on the special bed and we do speculum examination, have a look at your cervix. When we are looking at cervix, it looks a bit like a donut sort of thing. Mm -hmm. And with this colposcope, we get like quite bigger image. So we check if there are any abnormal blood vessels or abnormal cells. Then we apply solutions like uh, concentrated acetic acid or what we call as a glucose iodine on the surface of the cervix. And what happens with these acetic acid or iodine is it separates between normal and abnormal cells. So it gives us a clear picture if there is anything looking abnormal. If it looks like a bit different color and looks a little bit abnormal, what we do is we pinch a little bit of a tissue, which is like a taking a small cervical biopsy and send it to pathology. So biopsy can give us a bit more clear idea 
whether it is just like an inflammation, which we sometimes call as a chronic cervicitis, <laughs> or if it is low-grade abnormality, what it means is there are some abnormal cells, but they are very superficial and our body can clear it. Or if it is what we call as a high-grade abnormality, where it is uh, abnormal cells, but they are going quite deep and our body won't be able to clear it completely. Mm. But that is really important to follow that up if your result shows HPV 16 or 18 detected or any high-grade abnormality on your cervical screening test. Yeah, I agree. And it's not something that needs to be done urgently as in next week if you yeah. do have that high-risk result with your cervical screening test, but it should be done in the next few months. Absolutely. So yeah. often women do um, really worry when they have that sort of cervical screening test result and um, might be quite stressed if they're not able to be seen by a gynecologist quickly. So it's absolutely fine for it to be done in a few months' time, as long as it is done. Yeah, so that is a very good point, that when we, the, we get abnormal test result, women are very worried, and we want it to be done sooner than later, but it can be done in a couple of months. Again, the procedure is very simple, so it doesn't need any anesthesia or anything. Usually, most women are able to tolerate without any problems. In some patients, after biopsy, they may get a little bit of a bleeding or sometimes a bit of a cramps or something, but otherwise it is not painful procedure, but it gives a lot of information mm. and quite reassuring. Yeah. And so say someone does have a colposcopy and maybe they do have a biopsy sent off and all it shows is that HPV is present but the cells are completely normal all over the cervix, then what that would lead to is a woman having a bit of closer monitoring, maybe another colposcopy in a year. So depending on their results, so if it is HPV 16, they will need to have a or just a, a high-grade abnormality, but colposcopy is completely normal. Uh, they will need a repeat cervical screening test again after one year. Mm -hmm. And if it shows similar result, then they need to have a colposcopy again. Uh, if it shows abnormality, so say it shows that a high-grade abnormality or something, then we need to look at what treatment to go for. So in a way, treatment is where we sort of uh, under anesthesia, shave off all those abnormal cells. And the treatment decision depends on the women's age, how big is the abnormality, how severe is the abnormality, what is their plans for pregnancy and those sort of things. Usually the common procedure we do is called as a LETS procedure mm. or large loop excision of transformation zone. Uh, it's a big word to say, but in simple words, the inner lining of the cervix is lined by what we call as endocervical cells and outer lining is what we call as ectocervical cells. And that junction is the transformation zone where cells are changing constantly and are high risk of being abnormal or causing problems sort of thing. So when we go for a procedure under anesthesia, we remove all this transformation zone with the loop of electric loop sort of thing. That is large loop transform, uh, excision of transformation zone or let's procedure. Similarly, if someone had a quite deep abnormality or if we are worried about the endocervical cells, which in some patients can come reported as an abnormality of a glandular cells, mm. then we go for a procedure which is called as a cone biopsy. So which is like removing cone of the tissue, which can remove all the abnormal cells. We make sure that the margins are completely clear and give us a good result. In most patients, after we have done this procedure, like it can be done as outpatient, but in South Australia, most often it is done under anesthesia. So it is a bit more comfortable. A patient recovers really well. And after, as a follow-up, they need to have a repeat cervical screening test again after one year. If it is completely clear, which we can call it as a test of cure, they go back to five-yearly screening. Mm. Yeah, I think actually the guidelines now are saying to do two 
uh, test of cures one year apart. And if they're both normal, you can then go back to your five yearly screen, which is great because otherwise a lot of women would be having to come back for yeah. smears every six or 12 months, which can be pretty tiring. Yeah. So th- that's really helpful. And like very, very rarely when we do cone biopsy or when we do LEDs procedure that someone may have some what we call as a really precancerous changes or cancerous changes, then they are referred to gynae oncologist. So gynae oncologist is the doctor who has done a bit more studies about cancer and they look at the further treatment depending on their age and the uh, status and things like that. Yeah. Mm. But most often if we do regular cervical screening test, we can prevent cervical cancer. I think that's a really nice summary about colposcopy and about some of those treatments like LETs and cone biopsies, um, which do happen from time to time, but are nothing to be fearful about. Some common questions that I get asked as a GP, often women are quite concerned about the change in pap smears to cervical screening tests and whether they're at risk of having precancerous or cancerous changes missed because the tests are now spread further apart. So actually there's a lot of data looking at this and Australia was a bit slow to come to the table. A lot of other countries had been doing the cervical screening tests for much longer. So we are really comfortable that it is actually safer and more accurate, picking up more relevant results, having this new test for HPV than the old pap smear test. So we're not worried that we're going to be missing changes in that five-year interval yeah so just to highlight that if they have symptoms they don't need to do it before Mm -hmm. Uh, but otherwise it is five years and as you said research-wise there's no problem because we are checking hpv virus so it is one step before that that's it's a much earlier pickup yeah other thing i commonly patients ask that if they had a vaccine do they still need to have a cervical screening test and i usually say this is really absolutely important that even if you had a vaccine before or even if you had a treatment like let's or something before it's really important to have a regular cervical screening test to prevent any changes Mm. another common question is if a woman is not having sex with men but is having sex with women is it important to have cervical screening tests and the answer is yes because you can still get HPV through female to female sex. And so it is a really important regular test. Yeah. So anyone who has cervix definitely need to have a cervical screening test. Another thing I find that in some patients, sometimes um, different cultural backgrounds or different belief system, they never had a cervical screening test. And sometimes they are really, really scared of cervical screening test. And with, with these new changes, I think there is an advantage that there is an option of what we call, call as a self-collected cervical screening mm. test, we, which can be done with the GP and we can order the kit for that and can do it in the clinic sort of thing. Uh, so it is self-collected, so it is not that confronting for some of the patients. Only thing, if it comes back abnormal, because it is not taking proper sample, they probably will still need to have internal examination and may still need to have a colposcopy examination. Mm. Yeah. yeah, that self-collected HPV swab has been a real lifesaver for a lot of patients, particularly you've had traumatic experiences in the past, for example, sexual assault or really traumatic intimate examinations previously, which have made them fearful about coming in for cervical screening test. And um, so it's a really simple swab and um, which a woman just inserts herself into her vagina And it's obviously not as specific as a practitioner collected cervical screening test because we're not sure if the woman is actually swabbing the cervix or just high in the vagina. But actually it has quite good accuracy still. Um, And there have been some discussions about maybe that becoming a more normalised part of screening with that being the first 
point of call. So we'll see what develops over the coming year or so there. Absolutely. There's a lot of research going on um, because with this uh, new cervical screening guidelines, they have created a framework where they can review how the reports are coming. It is uh, nationally data is collected and reassessed to see what we can do better. And there's a research going on to check if we can check HPV in urine or as you said, self-collected swab, whether we need to check men as well. So there are well, like I think there are more and more research going on so we can get some more information in future. Yeah. Mm. I think that's quite a nice summary about cervical screening tests and colposcopy. And so we might end our episode there today. If you've enjoyed the episode, please do rate and review and subscribe on your favourite podcasting app. It really does make a difference to rate and to leave a review. It helps others find us. And if you have any questions, don't hesitate to message us on our Instagram, which is Full Circle Podcast, or email us at Podcast at gmail.com. Thank you. Thank you.